Chapter Seventeen of Historical Romance of the American Negro by Charles Fowler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Continuation of the Exodus to Kansas. Complete success of that grand movement. Similar governments elsewhere. Resolution of the Honorable D. W. Voorhees in Congress. A perfect farce in itself the story of the exodus its end we are not to suppose my dear reader that the coming of so many colored people to kansas was in the beginning cordially agreed to by every white citizen of that state indeed the exodus of these poor pilgrims and refugees to their consecrated soil was at first met with the most determined and violent opposition by many but the new immigrants were usually so active sincere and clever in all their movements that they at once disarmed all opposition and the white residents at once grounded the arms of their rebellion with few exceptions everybody was well pleased with the newcomers and they were made thrice welcome to the soil of kansas behold the hand of god in all this st paul advises us to be hospitable and entertain strangers for some have thereby entertained angels unawares he continues to say indeed i know of no better way to draw down the abundant blessings of high heaven upon our heads than by relieving really worthy and deserving people in the day of their distress our lord and saviour jesus christ himself pronounced a splendid eulogy upon those who relieve the hungry thirsty and the sick and the prisoners and he winds up his glorious sermon by saying inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these my disciples ye have done it unto me enter ye into the joy of your lord if ever christ's words were carried out to the very fullest extent they were carried out by the welcome reception of our pilgrim host to the soil of kansas the lord has a long memory for a kind act and he has not been unmindful to shower his blessings on this flourishing state but after all the season of agony doubts and fears was but of short duration by the year eighteen eighty one at the very latest the regular tide of the refugees had discontinued to flow the work of the kansas freedmen's relief association had entirely and successfully completed its work and disbanded itself as the union soldiers did when the civil war was over how glorious is all this now to sit down and think of as one door shuts another opens very good indeed let us thank god that the world is so big and roomy and if we have plenty of enemies here we have plenty of friends also it was so in the old-time bible days for in that blessed book we read how hosts of people and even individuals rose up and departed in millions in thousands and hundreds and even in single cases and went away from among devils that they might dwell in peace among better people thus history has simply repeated itself over and over again and the exodus of colored people from the south is perhaps the most recent example of that oft-repeated affair and it is safe to say when we consider the natural badness of the human race that other exoduses elsewhere will follow it may not be in this country but it will be somewhere there is an old but true saying that none are so blind as those who don't want to see which leads me on to say that the honorable d w voorhees 
united states senator from indiana must either have been most dreadfully blind to the truth or else he must have been in a very childish humor when he introduced his famous resolution into the senate at washington for the investigation of the causes of the migration of the colored people from the southern to the northern states now since this world began dear reader when did any one of us ever hear of such a farce as this to institute a national inquiry of the causes of the exodus of entire legions of men women and children when mr Voorhees and the whole population of the united states knew all about things before he ever asked the question that inquiry cost the government thousands of dollars flung away upon what every man woman and child knew already verily this was the greatest national farce ever heard of from the creation of the world down to the present time of writing while this inquiry was going on money and clothing were sent to the state of kansas by every train and the refugees were rapidly scattered all over the different counties as fast as the relief association could secure homes for them the chicago inter-ocean newspaper sent a special correspondent to topeka to report on the state of things in kansas in connection with the pilgrims from the sunny south this faithful man made the following report which is so very interesting that i will copy it in full topeka kansas april ninth during the last few days i have in obedience to your request been taking notice of the exodus as it may be studied here at the headquarters for relief among the refugees in kansas this is the third visit your correspondent has made to the promised land of the dusky hosts who fleeing from persecution and wrongs have swarmed within its borders to the number of twenty-five thousand in a letter written here in december last the number then within the state was estimated about fifteen thousand and since that date at least twelve thousand more have come in the barracks to-day i found what seemed to be the same one hundred who crowded about the stove that cold december day but they were not the same of course but their places have been filled many times since with other hundreds who have found their first welcome to kansas in the rest food and warmth which the charity of the north has provided here so efficient have the plan of relief and the machinery of distribution been made that of the thousands who have passed through here none have remained as a burden of expense to the association more than four or five days before places were found where their own labor could furnish them support if that pure statesman of indiana mr voorhees whose great heart was so filled with solicitude for the welfare of his colored brethren that he asked congress to appropriate thousands of dollars to ascertain why they moved from one state to another will come here he will be rewarded with such a flood of light on the question as could never penetrate the recesses of his committee room in washington he need hardly propound an inquiry he had indeed best not let his great presence be known for in the presence of democracy the negro has learned to keep silence but in the search of the truth let him go to the file of over three thousand letters in the governor's office from negroes in the south and read in them the homely but truthful tales of suffering oppression and wrongs let him note how real is their complaint but how modest the boon they ask for in different words sometimes in quaint and often in awkward phrases the questions are always the same can we be free can we have work and can we have our rights in kansas let him go next to the barracks and watch the tired ragged hungry scared-looking negroes as they come by the dozens on every train if he is not prompted by shame then from caution necessary to the success of his errand let him here conceal the fact that he is a democrat 
for these half-famished and terrified negroes have been fleeing from democrats in the south and in their ignorance they may not be able to comprehend the nice distinction between a northern and a southern democrat if he will be content simply to listen as they talk among themselves he will soon learn much that the laborious cross-examination of witnesses has failed to teach him he may take note of the fact that fleeing from robbery oppression and murder they come only with the plea for work and justice while they work he may see reason to criticize what has generally been deemed by southern democrats at least unreasonable folly in a negro which prompts husband and wife to go only where they can get go together but he will find nothing to cause him to doubt the sincerity and good faith with which the negro grapples with the problem of his new life here if he would learn more of this strength of resolution and the patience which they have brought to search for a home in a free land let him inquire concerning the lives of those refugees in kansas it may seem of significance and worthy of approving note to him that as laborers they have been faithful and industrious that in no single case have they come back asking aid of the relief association nor become burdens in any way upon corporate or public charities that as citizens they are sober and law-abiding to such a degree that he would hardly be able to discover a single case of crime among them and finally that in those instances where they were able to purchase a little land and stock they have made us as good progress towards the acquirement of homes and property as have the average poor white immigrant to the state he will first learn then from the refugees themselves something of the desperate nature of the causes that drove them from the south and secondly from their lives here with what thrift patience and determination they have met the difficulties which they have encountered in their efforts to gain a foothold and as men among men in the land of equal rights from the hon william reynolds president of the auxiliary relief association at parsons i learned that the negroes who have come into the southern part of the state mostly from texas are all either settled on small tracts of land or employed as laborers at from eight dollars to ten dollars per month and are all doing well mr reynolds testimony to this effect was positive and unqualified to assist these refugees in southern kansas over three thousand in all only five hundred and seventy five dollars has been expended from judge r w dawson who was the secretary of the association under the old management and during the early months of the movement one year ago when six thousand refugees were distributed throughout the state and provided with homes at a cost of five thousand dollars i learned much of interest concerning the welfare and progress of this advance guard of the great exodus judge dawson although not now connected with the relief work feels of course a great interest in the welfare of those to whose assistance he contributed much and loses no opportunity for observation of their condition while travelling over the state he says he knows of no case where one has come back to the association for aid that as laborers and citizens their conduct has been such as to win the approval of all classes four colonies have been established state lands were bought by the association and given to the colonies with the understanding that to secure their title they must make the second and third payments on the land purchased on the one-third cash and two-thirds time payment plan two of the newest of these colonies are still receiving aid from the association but the others are self-sustaining and will be able it is thought to make small purchase payments on the land as they become due 
if our inquiring statesman is interested in observing in what spirit these refugees receive the aid which has made existence possible during the cold weather months he may be profited by spending a few days about the city of topeka there are in topeka alone over three thousand refugees and nearly all of them paupers when they come have found means in some way to make a living in many cases it is a precarious subsistence that is gained and in not a few cases among late arrivals he would find evidence of want and destitution but compared with this he cannot but be struck with the small number of applicants to the relief association for aid only two hundred and thirteen rations were issued outside the barracks last week to the three thousand refugees who came here only a few months since without money and frequently without clothing to undertake what seemed under the circumstances the desperate purpose of making a living the dangers and difficulties which beset the refugee's departure from a land where even the right to emigrate is denied him are great he may learn that is mr voorhees however from copies of letters over one thousand in the governor's office that governor st john has never in reply to their appeals failed to warn them of the difficulties that would beset their way here and has never extended them promise of other assistance than that implied in the equal rights which are guaranteed to every citizen of kansas further than this however surprising it may be to mr voorhees his theory of causes of the exodus it is nevertheless a fact that this very association which is charged with encouraging the exodus has sent the rev w o lynch a colored man to the south to warn the colored people that they must not come here expecting to be fed or to find homes ready and to do all in his power to dissuade them from coming at all still they come and why they come the country and determined long in advance of mr voorhees's report while we have mr voorhees here we would like to have him glance at a state document to be found upon governor st john's table which bears the great seal and signature of governor o m roberts of the state of texas it is a requisition by the governor of texas upon the governor of kansas for the body of one peter womack a colored man who was indicted by the grand jury of grimes county at the last november term for the felony of fraudulently disposing of ten bushels of corn from further particulars we learned that this peter walmack gave a mortgage early in the spring of eighteen seventy nine upon his crop just planted to cover a debt of twenty dollars due the firm of wilson and howell when womack came to gather his crop he yields to the importunities of another white creditor ten bushels of corn to be applied upon the debt about this time this peter womack becomes influential in inducing a number of his colored neighbors in grimes county to emigrate to kansas undeterred by threats and despite the bulldozing methods employed to cause him to remain a citizen of texas womack with others sick of a condition of citizenship which is nothing less than hopeless peonage leaves stock and crop behind to seek a home in kansas his acts inciting the movement of those black serfs are not forgotten however by the white chivalry of grimes county the evidence of this surrender on a debt of ten bushels of corn mortgaged for another debt is hunted up presented to the grand jury of grimes county he is promptly indicted for a felony and the great state of texas rises in her majesty and demands a surrender of his body the demand is in accordance with law undoubtedly texas law but if texas would occasionally punish one of the white murderers who do not think it necessary to leave her borders this pursuit of a negro for selling ten bushels of corn from a mortgage crop would seem a more imposing exhibition of the power of the commonwealth to enforce its laws
the above extracts from the chicago interortion of the fifteenth of april eighteen eighty were clearly written by a humane and christian gentleman whose sole aim was to tell the truth will my kind reader now permit me to sum up in a few sentences the result of this wonderful exodus the departure of so many thousands of colored people from the different states of the sunny south to kansas and many other northern states informed the whole world that the south was nothing but a land of thugs and common cutthroats and murderers the exodus informed the world that secessia was no place for them to emigrate into where even life and limb were unsafe it represented the southerners as a vindictive barbarous and most uncivilized people as a people in short who were unfitted to carry on the laws of their states in a civilized nation it repelled the christian world from them instead of drawing them to them in love and friendship the exodus in short gave the south a black eye to use a familiar expression common among pugilists and afforded most abundant proof that the war had been a just and righteous one as waged against so wicked and demoralized a race of men men unfitted for civil government even the laughable farce of mr voorhees's congressional inquiry into the causes of the exodus informed the whole world of the murderous state of mind of the southern white people who were unable to contemplate the sight of a colored man voting the republican ticket of freedom without the wish of taking his life the life of his neighbor citizen who had even a better right to vote than himself for the colored man had certainly never been a traitor to his country as these self-same murderous southerners had been we are all perfectly well aware that colored men could get on better without the white man than the white man could without him the climate of the south and especially of the far south is warm and men of african descent are naturally better able to stand against the rays of the hot sun than the caucasian race it was for this express reason that the slave trade and slavery were so long carried on with such vigor and persistency because the african was well qualified to work among the cane brakes the cotton fields and the rice swamps of the south states the african was found to be strong-bodied and through and by means of his diligent labor the cities and lands of the south had been built up and tilled respectively the poor white trash as caucasian laborers were termed were not so well qualified to toil under a semi-tropical sky and extract the wealth from the soil in the same degree no part of the united states was so rich when the war began as these states they had amassed an immense hoard of silver and of gold by means of the labors of the slaves although all that previous metal was thrown away upon cannon and gunpowder and all other necessaries of war and the cause for which they fought was lost after all still the fact remains that the south had to a great extent been built up by the labor of the hardy and diligent african who was so very useful and valuable that secessia struggled on for four long years to retain the colored race in slavery and even to make slavery itself the chief cornerstone of the southern confederacy but crime could not be allowed to go unpunished and the oppressed african was entitled to his liberty and his rights with the tramp 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 of so many refugees from the southern states upon their pilgrim way to kansas and other northern states the leading white men of the country that they left behind at last began to open their eyes to the mischief which they and their minions had already done and they saw that they had lost the confidence of the colored race 
as from forty to sixty thousand men women and children had gone to kansas alone and immense numbers had emigrated to other northern states both far and near the leading men in the deserted sections now began to wonder to what extent this thing would grow they saw that if things went on at this rate the southern states would become depopulated or at least as destitute of inhabitants as they were upon the landing of columbus something must be done to stop at once this great rush of wronged and oppressed men for other states where they could live in safety and freedom and not only must the shotgun policy of the southerners be brought to an end but that system of cheating and robbery also whereby white men had beat the colored ones out of their full share of the crops on the plantations and defrauded them in every way under the so-called credit system it was most unmanly cowardly and even shameful to the last degree for wise and intelligent white men to thus rob and plunder the oppressed and uneducated african such a devilish policy was simply adding insult to injury never was a more savage thing done through the wickedness of the human race since the creation it now became the policy of all thinking ex-rebels to put on their thinking caps and study a better system than such sheer dishonesty the leading white men of the south therefore now went to work to reverse the system that had driven so many of the colored people out of the land and to do every possible thing to regain their confidence because there was no one who could fill the empty places and do the needful work and not only was it now necessary to gain the confidence of the colored men but even to regain the confidence of white men who had any intention of going south and settling down in that part of the country there were many men of capital besides thousands of accomplished artisans who could both enrich themselves and the southern states by going and settling down there but who were now justly alarmed when they saw whole hosts of orderly and industrious people of color moving away from these self-same states on account of robbers and murders by the very same men among whom they had been planning to go and settle down to labor and toil and there to end their days it was perfectly clear to the most obtuse southern mind that no northern man would ever go south and invest his capital where those who ran his mills and cultivated his plantations were liable to be brought down by the shotgun of the old soldiers of lee and jackson because they voted the republican ticket if they even dared to go to the polls at all on election day this was as bad or worse than despotic russia or turkey and therefore southern men wisely decided to reverse the policy they had adopted towards the colored population for they now saw that if they did not do so no capitalists or artisans would ever come south but remain at home or go elsewhere on the other hand exodus was a benefit to the colored race at least to a portion of them those who emigrated from the southern states found an abundant entrance and a warm welcome to the fertile lands of kansas and other northern cities and western states where there was plenty of land calling for nothing so much as cultivation and where the oppressed pilgrims and refugees built up for themselves comfortable homes and they and their children are there to this day in kansas and the other states whither they emigrated the spirit of freedom and justice prevailed and every man could abide under his own vine and fig tree without having any midnight thugs about to make him afraid and those who remained behind were also benefited by the exodus because there was now more room for those who were left there and inasmuch as the white leaders of the south had decided upon possessing a wiser and more christian policy the prospect of good treatment in every respect was far brighter than ever they need not emigrate to the north and west as their brethren had done but could remain at home in safety 
thus my dear reader i have related to you the story of the exodus of our people to kansas and other states as it passed before our eyes about the years eighteen seventy nine and eighteen eighty as i very well remember it was a wonderful object lesson set before the whole nation and an outgrowth of slavery and the war and the violent passions of the vanquished but good has come out of evil the poor oppressed pilgrim refugees were not forsaken in the days of their distress for they were tenderly cared for by the most loving of mankind and underneath them were the everlasting arms of the merciful god End of chapter seventeen